Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Virgo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me once again is League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How are you going there today, mate? Pretty good. We just did a really great episode. We didn't record any of it. Um, our conversations are fantastic. We should, every time we just start up Skype, we should just press record from now on, I reckon. I think so, yes, because uh, we had spoken for an hour and 20 minutes mm. about how we'd fix a few a few matters. We're not going to reveal what they were because, fuck it, we'll turn it into an episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, right now, we've decided, it's, uh, as, as we've seen referenced around uh, the media, we're at the pointy end of the season. Oh. We've moved on from the blunt end. Yeah. And the bit in the middle that holds the two ends together. Yeah, the shaft of the season. Yes, we're through the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the explosive pointy end now. Excellent. This is the best part. <laughs> this is. Uh, so we're going to look at the teams who are still fighting for a spot in the top eight. And we'll mm. look at their run home and see who we think is going to get there. Um, yeah. So, so we've narrowed it down to some teams that we believe are... are so we, we feel like there's a couple of safe teams that we're not going to talk about. And then, so we're only going to really talk about the ones that we feel as though are in for a shot of those last two spots on the uh, top eight. Yeah. So the two that we're not going to talk about are Manly and Parramatta. Mm. Um, they're on 26 points. They probably only need a win each to be safe. And uh, as you said off air in, in part of our other episode, um Manly's got the Tigers this weekend. If they are, are Tigers without Farah, they should win that. And that's at home mm-hmm. as well. And mm-hmm. Parramatta's got the Titans and the Bulldogs, so they should have that on lock. Yeah, so, they should. It'd take, like, I mean, if either of them fell, like, out of the finals from here, it would be pretty, I mean, it would be incredible. It'd be it would one be of those coach, catastrophic chokes. It'd be coach-sackable yeah. material. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It would be a Dragons-like choke job. Yeah, or a Tigers one even. Yeah. <laughs> Given their effort on the weekend. Anyway, so we'll start with uh, Penrith. They're yeah. in seventh place on the ladder on 22 points. Um, They've had four wins from five away from home and six... Sorry, four wins and five losses away from home and six wins and five losses at home. So they haven't really dominated at either end. Um, and their run home is they've got uh, Brisbane this weekend at Suncorp, and then mm-hmm. they've got North Queensland in North Queensland. Then they've got the Roosters at the SCG and the Knights at home. So they've only got one home match in the last four. How do you think they're going to go against the, the Broncos this weekend? Well, I, I feel as though this entire conversation is basically, it comes around this one game because... They're in 7th and 8th place, respectively. The Panthers are in 7th. The Broncos are in 8th. And I think whoever wins this game is obviously in the box seat to go through to the finals. That They'd only have to maybe win another game if things went against them, you know. Um, so I feel as though whoever wins this one is basically in the finals and whoever loses, they basically fall into just the biggest shit fight for the last place on the ladder. Um, I I would expect the Panthers to win this one. They're not favourites for it. The Broncos are favourites for this game. I guess that's because they're at home. But, yeah, I feel as though the Panthers are the better team. 
Um, but it's going to be a, an amazing game. And, yeah, I, I feel as though the whole finals makeup for the bottom bottom half of the eight anyway really relies on this match. What do you reckon? Um, I was just going to say, I think Penrith have got a pretty dire record at Suncorp, to be honest, too, which doesn't help. Yeah. Um, just bringing that up to have a quick gander. Uh, at Suncorp, they've played 24 games and won seven. Yeah, any time we, we don't run out there with Peter Wallace, we're screwed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so, Penrith have actually lost their last four games at Suncorp. Three of those games were against Brisbane. The other one was against the West Tigers in the uh, Magic Weekend this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's, they haven't won there since 2016 when they beat the Broncos 31-12. So, we're due. <laughs> well, I would say that, but then again... They'd never lost more than three in a row at Suncorp. And they're currently on a four-game losing streak, so God knows what happens now. Oh, jeez. Sometimes the statistics just jump out and say, guess what? You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so what? Like trends? Watch this trend. <laughs> um, look, I take it Maloney's back this weekend. Yeah. Although the, the young bloke on the, the weekend, Tim Burton, he played really well. He did. He was very good. Mm. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, this is going to be tough. For me, The that Broncos pack mm-hmm. is probably going to squash most of the Panthers pack, unless the Panthers pack decides to pull their frigging finger out and have a crack for once. Yeah, turn up. I mean, and they've only done that a couple of times this year. Uh I, st- I still think, you know, I think that the Panthers are the better, better team, but uh, that's what makes this game so good. It's like it could go either way. It could. Um, I'm going to suggest that the I think this is not who I'm tipping here. This is just who, I, who I'm thinking trying to be as balanced as possible. I think Brisbane might win this weekend. Penrith then beats the Cowboys. They then lose to the Roosters, and then they beat Newcastle in the end. So it would be four points. They'd be on 26, and I think they might sit just on 8th place. They might hit 8th place, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys aren't going to be an easy match for them. The Roosters, we're kind of... The Roosters are one of the teams we sometimes turn up and just, like, say, hey, Roosters, fuck you, and smack them. Um, I tell you what, of all of the teams in the last round that we're going to be looking at, I think the Knights, uh, the Panthers having the Knights in the last round, it's... Not a bad draw in terms of if you've got to win your last game of the season to get in the finals, I think you'd be pretty happy with playing at home against the Knights. Especially when you consider that Penrith beat Newcastle in round two this year when Penrith were playing like absolute dogs. Mm. They still beat Newcastle then. And I'd, I'd argue that they're playing better now than they were then. Yeah, definitely. Whereas... And the other, the other thing is, too, if the Knights have anything to play for, and they might be able to make the finals themselves. You can just imagine how poorly Mitchell Pearce will play in that game. Spot on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, I, I think there there is still a solid chance of making the finals, which is surprising yeah. given that, that woeful start to the season. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, hey? It's, um, I think... Of all of the teams that are in that chase for the last two spots, it's hard to look at the Panthers, where they sit, 
the draw they've got and say that they shouldn't be the favourites to get into the finals of all the teams that we're going to talk about. But man, it's the Panthers. They can let you down pretty hard when they want to. So I'm not I'm not counting my chickens just yet. That's interesting. I just haven't looked there. They've only yeah. they've only scored more than twenty points on five occasions this year. Yeah, their attack has been pretty oh, sorry, poor. That's twenty points or more. More than five. More than twenty is one, two, three, four times. Yeah, yeah. and it's it like a lot of people have um, had a go at Nathan Cleary about it, and I can't, I can't blame him. I just think that because our forwards are so soft, and we might have, you know, one of the softest forward packs in the league because they're so soft, and we haven't got too many good hard ball runners. It's like there's not a great deal to work with. Yeah, look, I don't think it's a Nathan Cleary thing. I think it's an Ivan Cleary thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the cattle is. Ivan Cleary just doesn't have game plans that is uh, designed around scoring points. It's more defense-oriented football that, he, that he's got his team playing. Yeah, and it, it does worry me when you've got a player like Kikau, who's a fantastic player, but you take him out of the Panthers' attack, and it's like, who do you really have to worry too much about that's going to do something like that you just can't stop? Exactly. Uh, so that's that's, that's going to be their thing. problem. Is their is their attack? They need to they need to start scoring points, and they've got two games with North Queensland and Newcastle where they sh- Penrith should be looking not only to win those but put some points on the board, get their attack starting to hum a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know set it up for finals. I don't know how much they'd be able to do in the finals. I think that they would be one of those teams that. You probably wouldn't want to be playing against, but at the same time, I, I think because their forwards are so soft that the top sides won't worry too much about them. Yeah, I think any team that's got Maloney in it playing finals is always going to be frustrating someone. That bloke just yeah. knows how to win important games. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, could could they win a premiership? Look, they would need to turn on their best form in the last month of the season. I can't see it right now, um, but, you no. know. All right, we'll move on to Brisbane. Yep. Who, um, Because they had a draw with the Warriors, they're sitting mm-hmm. in eighth place on 21 points. Mm-hmm. Um, their only competition here is essentially the Warriors because they're, they're on an odd number of points. Points difference now makes absolutely no difference to Brisbane. They can get flogged. It doesn't matter. So all they need to do is scrape home wins. And they've got, obviously, Penrith this weekend. Um, Then they've got South, also at Suncorp next weekend. Then Parramatta in round 24, also at Suncorp. And then they've got the Bulldogs in Sydney in round 25, which is, that is a damn favourable run considering their opposition. They get three straight home games. Yeah, you know what? I said that the Panthers have the best run. When you think about the Rabbitohs, where they're at in terms of suspensions, it looks like Reynolds might be injured again, funnily enough. Um, That's a pretty damn good run too. The Eels will be interesting to see how they turn up against the Broncos because the Eels could, you know, be a difficult team to beat or they could shit the bed. And... Yeah, the Bulldog, the Bulldogs, funnily enough, are a team that are given no one an easy game at the moment. So um, they could be a real nuisance to the Broncos in that last round, hey? They certainly could. Um, I think if Reynolds is injured, and I think 
the Broncos can beat South. Yep. And they should beat the Bulldogs. And given I said that Brisbane will beat Penrith, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Broncos get three out of four here, which should put them in seventh. Tell you um, what, that'd be huge if they could do that. Yeah, and it's odd because even if they did that, something about me just says they don't deserve to be there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... You look at the teams that are around them, though, you just go, who deserves to be there more, though? That's the thing. Probably Cronulla, but that's about it. Yeah, of all of the teams that could go on and do something, I think Cronulla's the most likely. But, yeah, it's weird. There's the whole pack that's now fighting for them last two places. They're all very similar, aren't they? They are. We're essentially looking at a bunch of teams who have no chance of winning the premiership. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Which means this podcast is kind of irrelevant. But we're forging ahead anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, look, the move the move of Boyd from fullback to 5'8 has been an abject failure. Yeah. He's absolutely rubbish there. The only thing that saved it is Milford has become even better at fullback. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? And I was just thinking this just as we were talking about them. If they replaced Boyd with somebody, like if they replaced, say they... Boyd, um, I don't know, and you don't you don't wish injuries on anyone. But say Boyd pulled a hammy or something this weekend at, at this week at training, and they brought in some young kid from the lower grades, it would almost worry me more than having Boyd there at five eight because he just doesn't really offer much at all. Yeah, I think they could probably go with um, even just a pair of rookies there, like O'Sullivan. With, with Turpin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... I think that they would they would offer more in attack than, than what Boyd currently does, which is very, very little. Essentially what they're doing at the moment is they've got their captain in Boyd. They're trying to hide him on the field somewhere. That's how I see yeah. it. Yeah, pretty much. In um, attack and defence. Where can we hide it's, hurt, it's hurting them. And it's going to hurt them long term too because with how young a lot of these players are and like with where Milford is in his career, if they had two young halves and it was like, well, this is a learning experience for everyone, it would be better for the club long-term than just having Boyd out there taking up a spot and, look, he's he's done. He's absolutely done. Yeah, he's not a 5'8 either. Um, no. As I said, if they needed to keep him in the team, they should just put him on the wing. Yep, I agree. Um, so, yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, this is the thing. Brisbane are capable of winning three of those four games. They're also capable of completely butchering the whole thing and stuffing it all up and losing all four. Yeah, and it'd be interesting if... Because they're not in a wor- they're not in too bad of a place right now, but say they do just have an abomination of the last month of the season, Seabol is going to get absolutely destroyed in the media. It's going to be unbelievable. And when you listen to him... Uh, I believe it was last week in the media and he was talking about when they played the, the Melbourne Storm and he was like, oh, there was chaos. They had absolute chaos. We chaos. And he kept on talking about chaos. And it's like, you're, an, you're a professional NRL coach who's on a, a big whack of coin and you shouldn't be watching any game of football and explaining it as chaos. You should be able to break things down way better than calling it chaos. And that really, really worried me. What I'd like to know what exactly chaos he was referring to. 
Uh, well, he was saying like, oh, we didn't we like in the first ten minutes against Storm, it was chaos and we just didn't handle it well, and then we settled down and and he but, and I was like, okay, you know, you say it once, fair enough. But then he kept on repeating it over and over again, and that's what worried me because, yeah, he should be able to break it down way better than that. Chaos, wow. Yeah. The chaos theory by Anthony Seabolt. Yeah, <laughs> chaos theory. <laughs> Interesting there. Um, all right, we'll move on then to Cronulla Sharks. Sharkies, yeah. Um, let's be honest. They're in the position they are on the ladder purely because of shit goal kicking, not because yeah. of bad play. So yep. they lost five straight games during the origin period there, and it was all because of bad goal kicking. So um, let's have a look here. Against Canberra, they lost 22-20. to 20. Jared Croker kicked five for five. Sean Johnson missed two goals. Mm-hmm. He gets one of those are in golden point. He gets two, the Sharks win. Yep. Um, the next week, they lost 14-12 to 12 against the Bulldogs. Sean Johnson, none from three. The Bulldogs kicked all three of their goals. There's six points. Yeah, yeah. Um, they followed that up with a 24-22 loss to the Broncos. And again, they kicked one from five, the Sharks. The Broncos kicked all four of their goals. Terrible. That's another eight points there. That's, that yeah. um, they then got lapped by the Storm on Cam's 400th game. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like a hiding to nothing. They were never going to get anywhere there. No, no. Um, and then when they finally kicked all their goals, they lost to the Warriors by one point, nineteen to eighteen. <laughs> the thing about their missed goals too, it's like it's not the ones that you say, "Oh, look at you know, it's from the sideline or something." Their goals that should have been kicked, yeah. those ones that they missed, they were the killer ones. And there was way too. There's been way too many of them. And the problem is that, like, that's going to be a problem no matter what happens from here on in. That's right. And so that's that's six points that they blew just through bad goal kicking. You put that mm. on there, twenty six with their points differential. They're up into what seventh place on the ladder, and one win away from securing a finals berth. Yeah, and it, like, I mean, how disappointing is that for the Sharks? And like. Any team to lose that badly during Origin is super disappointing. And, uh, yeah, just all goal-kicking. It was very, very strange. Yeah. So they're currently sitting in ninth place on 20 points. The big thing that the Sharks are going for them, which no one, none of the other teams we're discussing here have, is the Sharks have a positive points difference. It's only yeah. plus two when you consider that the teams around them uh, Penrith is minus 63, Broncos minus 52, the Tigers minus 44, the Warriors minus 62, even the Knights are minus 21. Mm. They're, they're the seventh best team when it comes to points difference, yet they're sitting in ninth place and scrapping for a place in the finals. Yeah, and that, that says it all. That works in their favour a bit because all they've got to do is keep keep in touch with the team who's sitting at eighth place. The points mm-hmm. difference will get them in there. Yeah, and look, I I feel as though they they will do it. I feel as though they'll do it and because they're a good enough team to really make some noise in the finals. And 
some of the teams they're playing are the sorts of teams that roll over and die a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go over this next month. And because if they miss out in the finals, it'll be one of those those seasons where they'll look in the mirror and say, how did that happen? You know? Yeah. Um, so they run home like the Broncos. The Sharks have now got three straight games at home before a final away game. So they play the Dragons this weekend. They should smash the Dragons. They need to. Then yep. they've got the Warriors. They should beat the Warriors comfortably as well. Then uh, Canberra. And Canberra's pretty handy up there in, in uh, at Shark Park. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders get up for that one. Mm-hmm. And then they've got the West Tigers at Leichhardt. And that's going to be tricky because if Farrah gets back in time for that, that stadium is going to be packed for his last game. Yeah, even if he, even if they carry him on the bench, hey, like mm. it will be a sellout, you would think, uh, as much as you can have like out card as a sellout these days. And yeah, they they tend to get up for those games. And if the Sharks have to win that game to get in the finals, it's not going to be real comfortable for them. No, especially given that the Sharks' record with the Tigers is it's bloody crazy. They've struggled with them for such a long period of time. Really. Yeah, so um, just having a look here. They've won in recent times. I think the Sharks have won the last four or five. But mm. before that, they'd only won three games between 2003 and 2014. That's crazy. Tigers just dominated for so long. Um, this is their best ever run against the Tigers right now. And yeah. in saying that, only one of those games saw them actually give the Tigers a bit of a touch-up. The rest have been close games, so... 24-16, 24 22 you know, they're going to they're gonna find it hard there. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, yeah, I wouldn't want to be playing that game to get in the finals. Like, even the, no. the spectre of what might be happening with that game, I would not want to be playing that one. So they would want to hope to lock up. You know, they, can, they could win all four. The the sharks are that good of a team, yes. But uh, it's you know they've got themselves in a real bad situation, and yeah, yeah, going to Leichhardt in that last game is going to suck. Exactly, they need to win these next two games, and if they go into Leichhardt having lost at home to Canberra, mm-hmm. it's going to make going to going to Leichhardt a bit tougher if you if you're coming off a loss. You need to be going there confident, so. Pressure would be on for that game. So they've, they've got a tricky run. The two games that they, they should win and need to win first, and that's the Dragons and the Warriors. And then, um, yeah, fate's in their own hands there. Let's just hope they you don't know, have to rely on goal-kicking to get the job done. Yeah, exactly. You know what I would do if I was the Sharks? I would do this massive campaign right now to for their fans to buy tickets to that game in Leichhardt, like starting today, and be like... Let's just make it our stadium before well, the Tigers fans get in. They could, they've got a reason to as well because they'd be saying, you know, this could actually be Paul Gallon's last ever game. Exactly, exactly. We may not reach the final, so get out there and support Gal. Yeah. So can you imagine, say, like, because we've both got in our minds what we're expecting that crowd to be like. Can you imagine if that crowd was like 60% Sharks fans instead? <laughs> that would be such a huge thing. So, yeah, crazy. that's what the Sharks should be doing. Yeah, they need they need that win there big time. Mm. All righty. So, 
Next team is obviously the West Tigers. Yes. The perennial ninth places. They're currently sitting in 10th. They're also yep. on 20 points with the Sharks. They've got a points difference of minus 44. They've had six six wins from 10 games at home and only three wins away from home out of 10. Yeah, and like what a weird season because at times they've looked really, really poor. They've come home a little bit with a wet sail though and, um, I mean, that game on the weekend, they, a, a pretty pretty makeable kick playing against the Bulldogs. They really should have they should have put the Bulldogs away. The Bulldogs are playing pretty good lately, though, um, and missing that kick. We did that game live, and that was just devastating because that was that kick should have been made. Yeah, and they missed, they missed a few others during the day as well. So, you know, they had enough opportunities to win that game. Um, mm. But as, as Michael McGuire said in the press, post-match presser, that um, it should never have ever come down to a, a goal kick. They should have won that game, you know, earlier than that. Yeah. So that's the problem for the Tigers is when they do drop their bundle, they make sure they drop them and completely fucking smash it in the best form possible. <laughs> <laughs> their bundle is made out of crystal. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Cheap, cheap crystal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they've got Manly this weekend at Brookvale. Now, mm-hmm. the Tigers beat Manly in round one this year, but that was at Leichhardt. Yep. And they're both in much different form now. Mm. They haven't got a bad run, to be honest. So they've got Manly this weekend at Brookvale. Then they've got Newcastle at Campbelltown, the Dragons at the SCG, and then the Sharks at Leichhardt. Yeah, like, I feel as though <laughs> after losing to the Warriors on the weekend, the Seagulls at home are going to come out and be wanting to put one on whoever was going to turn up, and it just so happens to be the Tigers. Yep. Um, so that it's going to be a difficult game. Um, they're going to be without Farah, who we'll talk about um, in a little bit. But, yeah, this is a, a tough one this next week. I think they can definitely beat the Knights. Um, that'll be down at Campbelltown Stadium. The Knights look busted at the moment, unfortunately for them. Um, the Dragons, like, I, they're just so unreliable right now. I wouldn't be shocked if they beat the Dragons. But in a similar weird way, I would not like to have to play the Sharks in that last round. Exactly. Um, I know it's at Leichhardt Oval and stuff, but, yeah, I wouldn't like to be playing the Sharks to get into the finals. No, that's a it's a horrible proposition, especially given the, the Sharks' pack is... Probably one of the one of the better ones in the competition compared to the Tigers one, which isn't. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a tough proposition. I I agree. I think they'll probably win against Newcastle and the Dragons, and that'll be it, which will leave them probably close to ninth place on the ladder. Yeah, <laughs> we've been joking about it for weeks now, and yeah, they're right on line for our expectations at this stage. <laughs> exactly. Um, one thing that has happened is. Their defence has been quite good this year. Yeah. I think Maguire has done really well as a coach. And, look, if he got them into the finals, I would say coach of the year without question. Um, yeah. You can't really give the coach of the year to somebody that misses the finals. But, uh, yeah, he's done really well to turn things around for them. Um, this season could have been a horror show for the Tigers, and it hasn't been. And, yeah, like, I think that, that there's you know, a little bit to look forward to next year in terms of there's a few younger players there that have got some experience in that. But, 
yeah, I think Maguire's done well with them. Yeah, so the Tigers are actually the eighth best defensive team in the NRL at the moment. Mm. They're much lower when it comes to attack, though. Um, similar to the Panthers, I guess, in that, that area, although the Tigers have scored better than the Panthers have this year. Um, yeah. Both sides have got a lot of work to do up, you know, in attack with ball in hand. Tigers' attack at times this year, especially last weekend, has been mediocre at best. Yeah, and look, similar sorts of problems in terms of their forward packs are a bit soft. They haven't really got too many of those ball runners that really worry the opposition and drag defenders in um, and probably don't get enough out of their fullbacks as well in the back line. Um, so I, I think that they, they're very similar in that sense. Yeah, and um, they could be without Moses and Bai for a few weeks too. Don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing yet, though. <laughs> that says a lot about the Tigers, doesn't it, in that, like, oh, they'll be without the highest-paid player. Oh, yeah, they'll be fine. <laughs> oh, is it him, is it? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much Terrible. Goes. Yeah. Okay, next on the list we've got uh, the Warriors. Uh, they're yeah. 11th place on the ladder. Eight wins, oh, one draw, 11 losses, 19 points. Well, should we... I mean, are we going to kick them out of the competition or are we allowing them well, to continue? Blake Green suggests that we should probably get rid of them, but uh, we'll be fair. We'll let them stay because I, okay. like, I don't like buys, so we'll keep them in there. Yeah, okay, okay. I See, I've got I've got no problems with, with buys or anybody that chooses to do anything like that with their lifestyle. I'm not like a bigot like you, obviously. <laughs> I had to, I'm sorry. Lovely. <laughs> Very well done. Uh, um, yeah, so the, the Warriors have come off a 24-16 win over Manly, which surprised everyone after they got pounded by the Raiders the week before. Yeah. Um, a tricky run home, though. Tricky. Tricky. Yeah. It's horrible. They've, they've got the Roosters at the SCG this weekend. Then they have. Then they got the Sharks at Shark Park. Then they play South back in uh, Auckland, and then they go to Canberra to play the Raiders. Um, I do have one question. <laughs> I do have yes. one question. Where do you reckon they'll go on holiday in September? Yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they've already booked their tickets. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like it might be. They might be going to, uh, let's see, Questacon, given that their last game's at Canberra. I might as well just stay there for a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Has anyone ever gone on holiday in Canberra? I'm sure someone probably has. Oh, the poor bastards. Yeah. Um, boy, I, I find it hard to see any place there where you can give the, the Warriors a win. That is a woeful run home. I could see them getting absolutely annihilated in four straight games. The only one that's going to be a possibility is if Reynolds is injured for more than three weeks. Yeah. Then they're a chance against South. Yeah, and that but that's the like the only one. Like the the Roosters should smash them. They really should smash them. Um the Sharks are like the anti warriors. They're consistent, you know. They yeah. play with some guts. They they play for a whole eighty minutes, um, and, and yeah, the the Rabbitohs. It's funny. The Rabbitohs are the easiest one there, and the Rabbitohs are in fourth place. So, and that's as you say, that's 
if Reynolds doesn't play. Um, yeah, the, the Warriors, they've got no one to blame but themselves to be in the position they're in, by the way. I mean, they've they've always been a hit-and-miss sort of side, but I think this has probably been one of their most erratic seasons form-wise that they've ever had. Yeah. You and, sit there every week when you've got to do the footy tipping and you look at them and just go, Ugh. like they should win or they should lose, but they could just turn out an absolute belter and, and get the win or you know get flogged by anyone. It's just you do not know how to tip them. And, you know, I think that the, the thing about that is they've got uh, Tuivasa Shek, who is one of the best players in the world, and he can he can do so much with so little from his teammates that they can win games. If you took him out of the side, and I know it's like hypotheticals and I don't like those, but you take him out of the side, this Warriors team, no one's worrying about them at all. They're fighting with the Titans for the spoon if there's no RTS yeah. there. Yeah, 100%. Like, terrible coach, inconsistent, um, the, the dumbest football team in the NRL, easily. They make the dumbest decisions, the dumbest mistakes. They drop balls at the worst time. It's just that's what their whole season has been. Yeah. They're a team that desperately needs structure. Yeah. Um, and Kearney's just not providing it. All he's all he seems to have introduced to the club is breathing exercises. Yeah, well, they you know, they... they Anytime there's a break in play, they all get in a circle and they start huffing at each other. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't think inhaling someone else's um, oxygen, you know, expired oxygen is a good idea either. To be fair, if any of them ever have a baby, they're sweet. <laughs> yeah, they got that down, Pat. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> now bear down. Because <laughs> that's exactly how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> right. The uh the final team we think's in 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 with a chance here is and it's only slim, is Newcastle. They're in twelfth place on eighteen points. Um they have been steadily drifting down the pack. Um They come into this game coming to this, this season, part of the season with six straight losses behind them, and they've got to play the Cowboys this weekend at home. Then they've played the Tigers at Campbelltown. The Titans at Newcastle and then Penrith at Penrith. Man, I could see them only beating the Titans, and that's if the Titans uh, just, you know, the Titans kind of are. They're switched off. They've, their season's completely over, and they don't care anymore. Um, so, yeah, that's really the only game that I see there that's super winnable for them. I think the Cowboys will smash them. Um and then the West Tigers, I mean, they're going to have probably a lot to play for still. So that's going to be an interesting game. I think in the last game, the Panthers will beat them. Um, they need every single thing to fall their way for, from this point on. And I just don't see it happening. No, I I can see them winning three of those games, but not all four. Mm-hmm. And they need, they need to win all four. Um, and they need to pick up at least two big wins in there to help their points difference if they're going to be a chance. And yeah. even still, they're going to need results to fall their way. Um, I said at the very start of the year on a different podcast that I didn't see that the Knights were going to be a threat this year when the media and the, the betting agencies were all saying they're going to be a top four team or a top six team. Um, 
I never bought it. And it wasn't because I, I don't like them. I just thought there's been so many changes in personnel there every year for the last three years. Mm. They still haven't got around to working in, as a cohesive unit yet. And that's going to yeah. take another year to happen. I think next year they're going to be better for it. But I just yeah, thought this be... year was going to be another write-off. Yeah, I I agree 100%. I didn't understand. And look, I think that the, this is about where the Knights should be. I don't understand this thing of like, oh, the Knights have fallen so far down the ladder. I feel as though this is where I would expect the Knights to be. Um, you know, Ponga is playing really, really well lately. Pierce is not. And that's not being talked about in the media. It's kind of weird, um, but yeah, they they're still a, they need to add a couple of more decent players to their side. They need a couple of youngsters to develop a bit more. Um, I tend to think that it won't be next year, but maybe the year after when the Knights will be around sixth place. Yeah, I agree. Because um, a lot of people say this is not looking like the Knights side that won six straight games. Um, we need to remember who they played in those six straight games. You know, it was. Mm. It was Parramatta, and it was was it Parramatta after they got hammered by Melbourne? I think it was, yeah. No, it was just before. Sorry, Parramatta. Okay. It was Parramatta who just flogged the Tigers, so it was Parramatta who were cocky. Oh, was that they... that game at um, at Bankwest Stadium? Yeah, 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 yeah. The first one, <laughs> the first choke of the year that we had. Farrell yeah. went down, and the Tigers lost by forty-five points. Um. But yeah, Parramatta they 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 beat them twenty eight fourteen. Then the Knights beat the Warriors, who yep. have just been a basket case most of the year. They then beat the Bulldogs. They beat the Dragons post McGregor signing, which meant they were crap. Yeah. Um, they beat a Rooster side who rested a bunch of players for some stupid reason. Mm-hmm. And then they beat South, which was actually a genuinely good victory. Yeah, and then since then it's just been a horror show for them. Like, yeah, I mean, they've, and they've lost to poor teams. Yeah. Like they lost to the Warriors, the Bulldogs, the Tigers, um, and yeah, even beat lost to Manly and Parramatta in recent weeks. So it's been interesting watching them during that time too, because you like I, I've watched the Knights a lot this year, and it's really made me um, a bigger Kalen Ponga fan. It really has. And I've seen games where he has tried to drag them kicking and screaming to wins and just hasn't been able to get them there. And it's through no fault of his own. And I look at the other players in that team and the other highly paid players in that team, the ones that they've tried to build around, and some of them just disappear, absolutely yeah. disappear. And I'm talking about Mitchell Pierce, Like, yeah. he just disappears whenever the game is close. It's shocking. Yeah, and I must say, too, the last... I'd probably say the last two weeks, Ponga hasn't been injecting himself into the game as much as he had done earlier in the season. Yeah. And it's it's showing. Yep. Yep. Because their attack is just it's pedestrian at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I look I think twelfth, if they finish twelfth, that would be a good indication of where they're they are in the NRL. Um and yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they play against the Cowboys uh this weekend. They'll be at home. Um you know they've still got it. They've still got everything to play for, but the Cowboys, whose season is over, I mean they're thirteenth on the ladder. They're not a team that's easy to beat, and it's going to be interesting to see how Tamalolo plays against their pack. Well, the funny thing here is, is that Newcastle still can potentially finish second last. 
I wouldn't be shocked if they did, hey? Because the Cowboys, the Dragons, and the Bulldogs are all on 16 points, just two points behind them. The only thing that would be working for Newcastle is the points difference because they're minus 21. Um, Cowboys are minus 99, and the other two are past minus 100. Well, if you look at if you look at the Bulldogs, right, their their charge, they play South this weekend, which it's not a bad time to take on South. Um, I think South will probably still beat them, but still, if you're going to have to take on South, you'd want to do it this weekend. Then mm-hmm. they play the Eels at Bankwest Stadium, which could the, be a massive crowd. Yeah, a Bulldogs. Uh, that's the Bulldogs' home ground, but they're letting Parramatta have the home home ground their advantage. <laughs> and yeah, so that, and the, you know, I wouldn't count the Bulldogs out of that one, that's for sure. Um, then they play the Cowboys, who if the Cowboys' season will be long gone by then, it could be anyway. Um, that's up in Townsville. Um, and then the last round they play the Broncos, and, you know, who knows what is going to be happening for the Broncos at that point. Yeah. So it's it's very tricky back there. Um the, that's what the she dragon. Said. Let's have a look. The dragons. I know I cut off. A, that's what she said just there. Sorry about that. It's alright. Um, dragons have got the sharks, the roosters, the tigers, and the titans. Well, the last two are good for them. The next couple are stuffed. You know what? When you look at this NRL season, the two two teams that deserve to be last and second half are the drag last are the dragons and titans. Yeah, I, I, like they've both been bloody terrible this year. I think every other team you can look at and, and take some positives out of their season. I don't think you can for the Dragons and Titans. What what chance do you give the Titans getting off the wooden spoon? Imagine if they came through and they win three of their last four games. Mm. Who comes last for you, the Dragons or the Bulldogs? I would say... The dragons are more likely to come last. That's crazy that we can still in a situation where we can discuss the fact that the dragons could actually finish with a wooden spoon despite being three wins clear of last place. Yeah, but um, that and... is that is still a mathematical chance though. And the the Titans have got they've got a they've got one tough game. That's against Melbourne down here, where Melbourne should probably put on about three hundred points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um they got Parramatta and the Dragons up on the Gold Coast and Newcastle and Newcastle. And yeah, that's Par- doable. Hey. Parramatta away from home aren't that fantastic. No. There's a possibility they could probably sneak in three wins if they get their shit together. Man, it would be uh, if the if the Titans win their last if they win three or four. You would be wondering what the bloody hell is going on <laughs> because they've been so woeful all year, and like that would be that would be the sort of thing where at the end of the last game, if they had a coach, they'd sit down with the players and say, "What the fuck was that?" Now, like, speaking of the Titans and coaching, yes, their interim coach Craig Hodges set a new premiership record last weekend. Oh yeah, what was that? He become the um, longest running coach to never win a game. He's currently at six games without a win. Is he officially taken these losses? Is he? He is on rugby league project, <laughs> and that's all that matters. Um, exactly right. Wow, that's 
That's terrible. It, well, that's I guess a lot of that is to do with like you always expect a team to bounce back after the coach has been sacked, and we talked about it with the Titans, and it it just didn't happen. It was like no. business as usual. <laughs> well, they in fact got worse, and yeah. to me that's that raised a question of was it really the coach who was the problem? Like if they get yeah. worse after they get rid of the coach, then surely the coach wasn't the problem. And that just, Look, to me, that just makes the whole matter for Justin Holbrook next year even worse. He's just got a bunch of players who, who are losers. Yeah, and, and there's things that's happened since um, Brennan was fired that you look at this team and you wonder who's making the decisions. And we talked about it a little bit in terms of, like, who made the decision that they go out and get Callum Watkins for this season and you know if it was Brennan then they allowed a coach that they knew was on the way out because they didn't just turn up one Monday and say well I think maybe we should sack the coach like things like that get discussed and talked about and only done when it's really time to do it so did they allow a coach that was on his way out to sign a player from Leeds who were struggling to avoid relegation and who's an English back who they traditionally don't do well in the NRL. You know, if that's the case, that's terrible. If it was somebody else at the club who forced that move onto Brennan, because Brennan wasn't rushing him into the side. You know what I mean? It, it was like, yeah, it was a weird signing. And so who's making those decisions? And if it wasn't Brennan... Who needs fired? <laughs> you know, yeah. is Mal Meninga making those decisions? Because if he's making those decisions, they're terrible ones. And if, like, there's just so many things that have gone on since then that you look at, like even with Ash Taylor and what's going on there, like who's making all those decisions? Yeah, I think um, I think one decision the Titans need to make is they need to let Ash Taylor go. 100%. For his own benefit yeah. and the club's benefit. I think if Ash Taylor goes to another club with a different structure and a different coach and everything else is different, who knows? He might become, he might actually fulfill his potential. But currently, he's never going to reach to the Titans. I just don't no. see how there's any, any positives going to come out of Ash Taylor's career at the Titans. And I'm saying that, I'm not convinced he's an NRL quality player. I think he should be in the Super League, but that's another thing. He'd go well over in Super League. I, I just have a massive, massive problem with any player that's earning $900,000 a year who isn't injured but isn't playing. Like, I, I just, you know, I can understand you can have things going on in your life and all that sort of thing. And we don't know what's happening with Ash Taylor and we hope that he's, he's okay and stuff. But for $900,000 a year, if you've got things going on in your life, you're being paid so much money to perform no matter what. And it's not $900,000 a year to perform and play when life is perfect. That's right. Um, I, I always I always wondered why he got paid so much. And it's not a criticism of his ability. It's more the fact that I just think that... I think giving players so much money selling in their career mm-hmm. rarely turns out good when you think about it. Yeah, it can be a real issue for a young player. And we've seen that in so many different sports. And especially when you pay for potential. That yeah. is like, I mean, the strike rate on paying for potential must be terrible. 
it would be. Um, but I, you know, in saying that, I I don't see that how he's. I don't see how he's a higher level athlete than players say like Blake Austin, Robert Louis, Albert Kelly. Yeah, they're all they're all handy halves. They're not well, exquisitely you... world best. They're handy. Well, you think about Tyrone Peachy, right? Tyrone Peachy signed a contract with the the uh, the Titans and immediately didn't want to go there, right? Probably still <laughs> doesn't want to be there. And the only reason he'll stay there is because no one else wants him at the moment with the form he's in. But whatever he's being paid, if you put him in the halves for the Titans for round one, he would have done more for the club than Ash Taylor has done. And that's a real indictment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what they do with Taylor, but yeah, he needs a new home. Yeah, I, look, I would pull, if I was the Titans, and I, they're a privately owned club, I would pull in Taylor, I'd pull in his manager, and I would say, I believe I've got reason to let you go. Um, and I would be pushing for that to happen. Yeah, something's got to happen. They can't. Yeah, They can't keep going with this squad and this attack the way it is at the moment. It doesn't matter who no. the coach is going to be. They're going to keep having the same issue over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Something's got to change. Sometimes you've just got to do a Wayne Bennett with Wally Lewis. Horrible, horrible comparison. But uh, <laughs> you've got to bite the bullet and get rid of your, your, your highest paid star. Yeah. And send them to the, you know, to the also rands. Yeah. And then send them to the Gold Coast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Like, it, who who would want Ash Taylor in the NRL right now, knowing that he's on a huge amount of money? So, say you say the Titans offered him to every single NRL club at half price. The Titans are going to pay that other half of his contract. Is there any other club you can think of that would want to take him on board? Just considering that he just might not feel like playing. I think there's only two clubs that he could go to um, where the coach would actually help him reach his potential, and it's going to be Melbourne and South. Yeah. Whether they yep. want to spend the money on him, though, is a different question, but I think Bellamy and Bennett would be the only two people who could find out whether he wants to play, and if he does, they could get him in the form he needs to be in to play at his full potential. I don't think there's anyone else who could. Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, you know that that's that's the big thing the Titans need to work out. That like you can have different coaches and stuff, but when you got nine hundred thousand bucks that's sitting on the sidelines watching, man, how do you and get over that? And even when he's playing, he's only winning thirty five percent of his games. Yeah, that's the Terrible. worst worst invested nine hundred thousand dollars ever. Yeah, he. I mean, should be on half know. that. You know who I reckon's the worst ever? Go ahead. Sam Tompkins. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he was on, because I know he was the he's the biggest transfer fee ever played paid for a, a player in the history of the whole game. But I wonder how much he was also being paid by the Warriors. A million? It's gotta be it's gotta be in that range, eh? Hey? I th- I think I think you would have been close to that figure. Man, it's crazy. That was a lot of money. 
the Warriors make like we talk about the dumb decisions the Titans have made. The Warriors are the world champs there, world champions. Just, just with that decision alone, yeah. Uh, I thought, oh, I don't know. They paid a lot of money for Dennis Betts's dog. <laughs> oh, it's hard. It's hard. That's a difficult one. I have to think about that one. <laughs> Who would be a better prop for the Warriors, Adam Blair or Dennis Betts's dog? Dennis Betts's dog. I don't yeah. have to think about that one. No, no that, that's probably accurate. It'd make <laughs> it'd make more runs. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely, big harder, harder hitter. Uh, won't give away as many, many penalties. There's all yeah. sorts of positives. It's good pooch. It was good pooch. He had some ticker about him. I don't know if he's still around. Uh, hope, hope the dog's still going. I dare say it's not. Um, it'll, it'll be a world record living dog. How what's how old is the longest living dog ever? I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this. <laughs> Oldest Dude. dog ever. Why's Josh McGuire come up? Oh. Oh, I had that right. Uh, the longest living <laughs> dog lived until they were 29 years old. It was actually in Australia. An Australian oh, so dog. Dennis Betts' dog would be able to do that easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, uh, hang on. Was You've it got 90? 24 years old or so, 25 years old. 25? Yeah, yeah, he could still, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. We'll, we'll assume that dog's still alive. Okay. I'm, I'm up there. That will be the snippet that we'll put out to advertise the episode. <laughs> <laughs> See if people can find out how the hell that ties into what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Betts' dog. There we go. Um, now, there's a few other stories. There's, um, we discussed this off air. It was uh, Josh McGuire's um, other half has come out and she's... I think that was the case, wasn't it? And she revealed that he'd been getting death threats. Yeah, and and trolls and keyboard warriors and uh, what else? Do, what other words are used? Um, well, know. I'll say this: death threats. I don't care who you are. Um, stupid. Yeah. And moronic, and absolutely absurd. Everything else. Okay. Everything else, I dare say, players can deal with. Because it's mostly just criticism or people just being dickheads, but death threats are just not on. You don't need to go there. That's just stupid. Um, even if even if Josh McGuire tried to gouge my eyes, I wouldn't want to kill him. I'd want to bash him. I wouldn't want to kill him. Who wants well, to be a I'd murderer? Wa- I don't want death on my tried, conscience. If he tried to gouge your eyes, I'd want to kill him, Andrew. Yeah. How would you do it? With a hammer? I, nah, I would say mean things to him. I'd be like, you're an idiot head, man. You should be sacked by the Cowboys, you dumb... Poop, you poo-poo head. Yeah, poo-poo, dopey. I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm not good at trolling, hey? But the thing, the thing that gets me, right, is that he's now been done a few times this year for going after the face of opposition players. And it's really simple. If he stops doing that, none of this is an issue. Nothing. Like, and and I get that it's, it's fucked up when you do see people that really savagely go after players and, and you see some things that are written to players and you're like, what the fuck, man? 
Like, just calm down. But at the same time, like, I, I find it hard to justify what Maguire has been doing in games to players. And I think that it's time that the NRL really smashes him. Like, and they can't just fine him or give him three games or something. They really should be like seven weeks on the sidelines, Josh. Have a think about it. Yeah, and to be honest, that's what they should have done for the first one at the start of the year. And yeah. The fact they just gave him a fucking fine was Terrible. disgraceful. Yeah. Um, and that's why he still does it. Oh, I'm yep. only going to get a fine. I can pay that easy. Yeah, it's a week's wages. Who cares? There you go. Um, yeah, it needs to be a heavier penalty. I said it at the time. I'll say it again now. I did him with a fine and a bloody suspension. Yeah, you know, and as you, there's you no said need the for other that day, crap in the game. Exactly. And you said the other day in the live broadcast, there's zero reason for a player to be feeling around at a, another player's face in a tackle. You know, he's so vulnerable. There's nothing you can do. We saw all of the outrage when, um, what is it, George Burgess it was, that yeah. uh, went after Robbie Farah's eyes, and that was disgusting, a, a disgusting act. But, uh, you know, Maguire hasn't been going to those levels, but just get your hands out of the face. And it's, look, it's a non-issue if he does that. And, look, there's an easier way to rile up a player without having to go after their eyes and possibly impair their sight for the rest of their lives. Mm. Just just give them a little grab on the balls. Yeah, just you watch how grab. many players get fired up whenever someone grabs them by the balls. He grabbed me balls. Mm. It's just a, a simple way to stir them up. You don't need to go after the eyes. Jesus Christ, it's stupid. Just grab one ball. Just one, one cag in the hand, <laughs> and that's enough. Just and just gently nurse it, like when they're when they're playing the ball, just gently nurse it. Just cup look, it. Look, Love look it at him. Look at it. Then look him in the eye and give him a little wink and a smile. Yeah, that'll fire him up. You watch if they if any player is listening and they go and do that this weekend, guarantee the player you do that to will try and push you and want to start a fight with you. Exactly. Oh man. <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird if that if that ended up? That's like in the realm of when uh, Jason Stevens was doing the wedgies. It's like, can you imagine <laughs> if we had this thing where the NRL had to come out and, and say, we're not going to tolerate carping opposition players' balls and, you know, winking and, and oh, you know, sending a I'd, kiss. I'd like to see, you know, we've got the uh, the term for some of the tackles, like the chicken wing and the crusher. You imagine the old cup and wink. <laughs> we're going to outlaw the cup and wink. <laughs> the cup and wink. That's brilliant. A couple of weeks that is, is going brilliant. to be banned. No one's allowed to do it. <laughs> we won't even accept a, an accidental cup and wink. No. Nah. So, I was it, reaching for his knee and I had some grass in my eye. <laughs> all those NRL player lawyers, and they're going in saying, well, it was completely inadvertent. And it's like he, he blew a kiss at him as he did it. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, he had, he had a bit of hair in his mouth. He's trying to, piss, he's trying to spit it out. Yeah, <laughs> and all of a sudden, Billy Slater's playing in the grand final. <laughs> there we go. What a way to end that episode. Yeah, that was brilliant. Oh, you know who we didn't talk about? Oh, we yes. didn't talk about what? Yeah, yes, keep going. We didn't talk about Robbie Farah and his knee. Yeah, there's a report saying he may actually have a fracture. Mm. I think that'll stop him. Yeah, I feel as though... 
he will drag himself into that last game of the season, even if he's on the bench. It was interesting watching it because it's not often you see a player, they kind of know what's happened, but they know that if they leave the field, they might not come back. And I, the only other time I can remember it happening is when Lockyer had his face smashed in in that, uh, I think it was a finals game. Yeah. And he, he, like, he grabbed the side of his head and he knew some terrible damage had been done. And it, it was like you could see him almost, the, the steely focus that come over him and Farah, and it was like, I cannot leave because I will not be back. And it was interesting to see that in Robbie Farah's face. And unfortunately for Farah, he just physically couldn't keep playing. And he got a, a second knock to it as well. Um I, I hope that he does manage to make it back at least for that game at Leichhardt because that would be a really special occasion. But yeah, what a what a blow to him! What a blow to the Tigers! I think you could see it even in Benji Marshall's face. Um, you know, when Farrah did eventually go off, I think you could see it in Benji Marshall that he kind of was a bit upset by the fact that he thought maybe Robbie wouldn't be back again. So hopefully, in, Robbie can get in... back. As in ever again. Yeah, as in, like yeah. That could be his last moment playing alongside Farah. Um, yeah. We might find out more about that injury in the next day or two. Um, but yeah, it's not looking good for Farah. That could have been his last game. Unless the Tigers make the grand final, I guess. <laughs> um, Imagine if they did, though, and he come back. Oh. No chance. I'd say the Titans are a better chance of making the grand final than the Tigers are at the moment. See, I would say, right? Okay, I'm going. I'm not really putting much on the line here, but if the Tigers make the grand final, I am naming Benji Marshall the best player in the world. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got. I, I, I don't know. What can I do? I'll, I'll, I'll name. I'll name. Uh... Clint Gutherson. Oh, no, no, that's cruel. That's cruel. <laughs> uh, that's too much. I'll say Kikau's a better forward than Ta- Tamalolo. Okay, okay, I'll accept that. I'll accept yeah. that. Because we, we, we're, we're going wrong, but not stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Benji's still a bloody good player. And listen, he would have, he would have had the two greatest months of any playmaker in history. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Plus, I think you could probably, I think you could probably argue that he's probably played better this year than the Golden Boot winner has. Well, that that's not difficult. <laughs> that's no. not difficult. I actually had a really interesting conversation. I don't know if we should make it another podcast in itself about the the Gold Coast Titans versus St Helens. I did see some of this. I'm happy to discuss yeah. this now, if you wish. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. So basically, um, there was a discussion about first grade games because there was talk that about the 400 games that um, James Graham had played. And I was saying how no statistician with their salt that has anything to do with the NRL counts Super League games as first grade games. And I said that if we're going to do that, we should start counting New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup games. Now, obviously, I've got some pushback from Poms, uh, and I don't really care. But 
they were saying, well, what about Super? Why aren't Super League games counted? I had some people saying that New South Wales and Queensland Cup aren't um, full time professionalism. So that means that Super League is, and so that should class as at least a first-class game. I disagreed with that completely because there are some bludger plays in Super League that shouldn't be paid as professionals. Um, and, yeah, so then the somebody said, and I think it was along the lines of, well, you know, there are uh, teams that would beat the worst team in the NRL, which is the Titans, so why should they be first-grade games? And and I said, no, if you put... If you put all of the players from the Titans and St. Helens together and then had to pick, say, the top 17 players, who are you picking from St. Helens in that in that top 17? And I personally wouldn't pick anyone. And, of course, that got some pushback as well. And it's like, man, these Poms, they, well, they really, you know. Let, let's, let's do a, a comparison position for position and see. Just have a good look then, shall we? All right, let's do this. Okay, Lachlan Coote versus Michael Gordon. I would take Gordon. Uh, oh, this is a tough one. <laughs> Thomas <laughs> Mackinson. Yes. <laughs> Anthony Don. Oh, this Don, it's good. Um, Kevin DeGuama. <laughs> and Tyrone Peachy. You take Peachy every day of the week. <laughs> of course you would. Mark Percival and Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly's actually a pretty handy player, right? Um, Regan Grace and Philip Sammy. Oh, man. <laughs> There's no one else there. <laughs> That's it. Jeez. <laughs> um, uh I'm going Sammy. <laughs> Jonathan Lomax, Tyrone Roberts. Now, here's the thing. I had people saying, what about Lomax? Yeah, Tyrone Roberts every day of the week. Yeah, I, I do rate Tyrone Roberts quite a bit higher there. Um, this one's going to test you. Theo Fages, Ash Taylor. I would, well, man, I mean, are we talking about cost here? Uh, <laughs> If they're playing the game, Ash Taylor. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Ash Taylor is, is would be right at home in the Super League. Oh, definitely. But say you put Ash Taylor into St. Helens' team. He's their I big sign. I, he'd be their big signing. I don't think he makes them better, though. You don't reckon? I re- no. See, I reckon he would. He wouldn't make them worse, but he wouldn't make them better either. <laughs> um, I think they're going to get the... The Poms might get flogged here in the forwards. So we've got, uh, let's see, Luke Thompson and Jared Wallace. Jesus Christ. Easy. Uh, Easy. James Roby, Nathan Peets. You take Peets every day of the week. Uh, who's a front rower? Let's see. Uh, uh, Matthew Lees. And, I don't know, who's the other front row there? Moiaki Fatuiaka. God, that kid's a beast. Yeah. It's easy. Um, second row. <coughs> Zeb Tyre. Or Taya. I don't know how that's yep. his name. And Kevin Proctor. you got to go the Proc. 
You do have to go to the proctologist. The old proctologist. Yep, <laughs> got to go with him. Dominic Peru and let's say Ryan James. Yeah, Ryan James. And Morgan Knowles versus Jai Arrow. Yeah, Jai Arrow, easy. It's, um... Let's see if we can find one more. I'll try and find the best of what's left over at uh, Yeah, just give, St. Me, give me one St. Helens player that I go like, oh, yeah, actually, he's not bad. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to think of one I haven't named yet. So the only one I can think of is going to be Louis McCarthy Scarsbrook uh, up against <laughs> Bryce Cartwright. How? Ooh. Oh. Bryce Cartwright's not a first grader. But then again, LMS. LMS. He's not an A grader. <laughs> hey, he's played three tests for Ireland. Yeah, Powerhouse Island. I guess the, uh, here's something I'll concede, okay? I'm going to make a concession here to all of our English listeners. I think that you could probably make a case for Lachlan Coote being on the bench. Oh, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but one for one, nah. Especially if you have to put him in, if it's not Gordon, you're putting him up against Brimson. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it's... I'd like to see the game get played. We'll say, okay, because... And you, if, they, if they play the game in the off-season... Yeah. I'd like to see Justin Holbrook coach both sides as well. At once, yeah. <laughs> I wonder how they would both go without a coach at all. Like, say St. Helens didn't have a coach at all. Oh, and I think without a coach, I think without a coach, St Helens would win. I think that's the big. That? I think that's the biggest problem for the Titans, is yeah. they have no direction and no idea what they're doing on the field. I think Saints would have a little bit more of an idea in that area, and that would make up for any shortcomings the players might have. I don't I mean, know. Did you see him under Kieran Cunningham? No. I mean, that's pretty close to not having a coach, and that was terrible. Yeah, I'd, I'd still rate them better than the Titans as far as. Um, wow. A clue on how to play the game. So you reckon this weekend, if the Titans were hosting St. Helens on the Goldie, that St. Helens would win? No, because they've currently got a coach, the Titans. You said if they didn't have a coach. Okay, like completely no coach. I, I get what yeah, you yeah. mean. Yeah. 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 Okay. There we go. But like for like, say they've both got like uh, like average coach. Not not great, but not good. They Jason both Taylor? Have, so they've got Jason Taylor, both of them. You cloned him, right? Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know, I feel dirty too. But you you, you clone Jason Taylor and you, he's coaching both teams and they play in, like, let's say Hong Kong tomorrow. Hong Kong? No, yeah. no it needs to be cooler than that. It's too hot. I'd have to play yeah. in Hobart. Be, yeah, somewhere like under, under 15 degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we want two full halves. We don't have to play it in quarters. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so let's say Hobart. Okay. Yep. Who are you taking? Who's winning? Titans. Yeah, Titans, yeah. 
That's enough for me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, to be honest, I never argued with your point. I, I do believe that the worst team in the NRL is better than the best team in the Super League. Like, could you imagine Lomax in the NRL? Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, think of how many how many Super League players have come over here and sat in reserve grade and then gone home. Well, look at Tompkins, okay? He absolutely was ripping apart Super League. And he come over here, and apart from physically looking like an under-20s player, which really concerned me, he... And look, I've said that he, he does have very good vision. He's got really, really good vision, and he's got playmaker vision. But it didn't translate into him making an impact at all in the NRL. Yeah, and it's surprising that he was so small when he went to the Warriors. I thought, you know, Australia and New Zealand have the best stake in the world, and it's miles better than what anything that England has to offer. Yeah. I thought he would have been getting dosed up on protein and, and bulking up a bit and would have been a good size, but he just stayed scrawny. Yeah, that's a good point. But then again, how many players have we seen go from the NRL over to Super League and they, for lack of a better term, bulk up around the midsection? Well, that's because all the food over there is either Doritos or soft drink. Pop. Yeah, or just fish and chips. Fish and chips, yeah. Fish and chips with curry. Oh, man, I could go that right now. If it's not in a bag coated in salt, then it's come out of a deep fryer. Coated in salt. The only good food that you get in England, it turns bags (laughs) see-through. That's right. (laughs) And it's... It doesn't make the gravy taste better. Yeah. Oh, and gravy, yeah. It's a condiment and a drink. And a main. It could also be a shampoo, I guess. Do you have hair? Well, you know, you're talking about the palms. They're called soap dodgers for a reason. Well, that's a a good fact to end the episode on, I think. Before we go, I just want yeah. to say the starting block, right? They did a live show on the weekend mm-hmm. and they went for like four and a half hours, right? Now, I watched, I think I must have watched an hour and a half of it. I, I jumped in and watched the last hour, hour and a half of it. And what I witnessed was the most epic live show I think I've ever seen. There was drinking involved. There was karaoke. There was all sorts of stuff. Um, you can't see it. It was exclusive to people that watched it live. But damn, I just want to tip my hat to Greeno and Boogie because, uh, wow, I was so impressed. It was brilliant. When we thought that we were the only people stupid enough to do a four-hour live show. Um, yeah. We never thought that uh, that the starting block would come along and go, we'll see your four-hour show, and we're going to bring in karaoke, alcohol, and more madcap behavior than you guys will ever produce. Um, yeah. Tip my hat to you. Um, and I can't wait to see what you produce when we do a six-hour show. Yeah. I, let me tell you, there were a couple of highlights. Yeah. Um, Reno saying he was going to sing an Eminem song. And then when it started, it was absolutely clear that he was had no capacity <laughs> to, to sing it after so many beers. 
And then uh, they ended the show with a song out of Aladdin that had been changed a little bit, and it was bloody brilliant. And the weird thing was that Greeno sang it karaoke style and knew all of the words and all the verses for it, and then they played the actual song, um, and it was, oh, my goodness, it was so funny. It was so, so funny. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, they're, uh, they are entertainment Deluxe, those two. Yeah, they really are. You can tune in and check them out every Wednesday on, on Twitter and Periscope, and mm-hmm. you should. You should. Good laugh. They'll probably still be nursing hangovers. That's that's how it went. <laughs> the, the next episode should just be them drinking, you know, hair of the dog. Yeah, pretty much. With Barocco's in one glass and a, a warm ale in the other. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, well, any other shout-outs we should do? Uh, to our regulars, uh, we got Nadine, we got Richard Cranium, we got Bartram13, we got Arabella, uh, who else? I've got Elle over here. How you doing, Elle? Great. Great. You're always great. What's going on? I was just gonna go to the toilet. Fantastic. I went to the toilet and we enjoyed it. Lovely. <laughs> that's that's raised the tone of the show. That's yucky. Yep. You can't put it in your mouth. That's yucky. <laughs> no, you don't do that. Man. Well <laughs> At least you learn the right things at school. We're earning our money there. Yeah. Now, El, who do you think's gonna win the the NRL this year? The Cowboys? The Cowboys? No, they can't win it. Are they here or not? No. Cronulla Sharks are here? Cronulla Sharks? You think they're going to win? Yeah. They're going to be the best team in the competition? Yeah. Cronulla Sharks are the winners when we saw them tonight with Mama. Yeah. You didn't come at night. No, I didn't go that night. Mama just come with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. There's the inside word. Excellent. Sharkies premiership. Put your house on it, people. Yeah. And if, and if you win, then you've got to share some of the uh, the money Ellsway. Yeah. Via my it. bank account. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. On that great note, we will wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, there'll be another episode soon. Probably about five minutes after this one you just listened to. So, uh, yeah, we'll catch you all later. <laughs>